join me today in the word of the Lord because I got to preach. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 beginning at the first verse this morning is where we're going to find the word of the Lord. James chapter 1 beginning at the first verse. And when you have it in here, would you just say amen? Amen. Reading of the word of the Lord reads like this. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I want to go back to that fourth verse where we're going to pull our subject this morning for the next few moments. The fourth verse reads, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Would you look at a neighbor in here this morning and just repeat our subject? Say, neighbor, let it work. Oh, I feel like I have a good church in here this morning. Look at your other side and say, neighbor, let it work. Let it work. Let it, let it work. Come on, put your hands together and give God praise. Uh, I don't even have to preach anything. That ought to preach all by itself. You ought to know. You ought to just let it work. All right. Let's go to work. I really wonder how my boss would react if tomorrow morning when I came into work, she called me into the office to fire me, and I started jumping up and down like I just won an all-expense-paid trip to Dubai. <laughs> I can only imagine the amount of confusion and concern that would form and fashion on her face after telling me to get lost and get out of there. Because the truth of the matter is the news of losing your employment, your income, and your stability in a normal sense usually wouldn't push you to the posture of celebration over sadness. The occurrences and the experiences of the unexpected and the unfortunate for the majority of us in this room would normally place us in the category of frustration and fears, qualms and questions. The reality of the matter is that troubles and trials don't smell sweet like kettle corn. Troubles and trials don't look like trailers to movies we really want to see. Troubles and trials don't feel like freshly made beds. The truth is troubles and trials are not always a good time, but they are necessary. Look at somebody here and say they're necessary, they're necessary, they're, they're necessary. How dare you tell me that the loss of my loved one was necessary? How dare you tell me that the downfall of my business was necessary. How dare you tell me that the betrayal of my best friends were necessary? How dare you tell me that the weakness that I feel in my body is necessary? Preacher, how can you possibly say that the most hellish experiences of my life were necessary? My question to you is, how can a, flyer, a flower bud with only sun and no rain? Or how does a caterpillar metamorphosize and emerge as a butterfly without being first drowned in the darkness of a cocoon? Or how can the most beautiful of architectures erect sky high without first digging low into the dark dirt of the earth to lay a foundation? I like how it says in Ecclesiastes, it says there that to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose that is under the heaven. 
A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. The truth of the matter is that every phase and occurrence that we encounter in our life is just as necessary as the one that came before. Oh, I feel like preaching in here. Even if we, from our limited vantage point, see it as a harm and a hindrance or a hurt to our forward progression on this life's journey. The fact of the matter is that nothing happens to us, beloved, by mistake. The fact of the matter is that all we have are and will go through in this life is designed for the development of who we are and what God has called us to do. And if we resolve or resist to the fact that there is purpose for all of the problems that we encounter, we might very well miss and or forfeit the very benefit of the lessons that God is trying to teach us. Y'all not talking back to me here. Come come here, Joseph. Yeah, your, your brothers did betray you. Yeah, they sold you into slavery. Yeah, you were accused and yeah, you were even in jail, but if none of that would have happened, you wouldn't have ruled during the time of famine. You wouldn't have arrived at the revelation that all the things that people meant for evil, God really meant for your good. You wouldn't have learned that God has a peculiar way of getting you right where it is he needs you. You wouldn't have understood that your trials were the weights that were the training that you needed for your tomorrow. And that looking back in retrospect of your situations, it was good to let the trials teach you. It was good to let the trials trim you. It was good to let the trials transform you. The psalm writer said it like this, it was good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Because the truth of the matter is that for the believers, trials don't come to worry us. They don't come to worry us, but they come to work something down inside of us. I dare you look at a neighbor in here and just say, neighbor, let it work, let it work, let it work, let it work, let it work. The truth of the matter is, is that for a lot of us, if we didn't have to go through, we wouldn't go through. Who would want to suffer loss and disappointment? Or who would want to deal with uncomfortability and unease? Who would want to feel lonely and isolated? Even Jesus himself said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nobody wants to go through but the tough lesson that I had to learn in my 26 short years of life is that if I don't go through, I'll never go to. Oh, y'all not talking back to me. In other words, my progression as an individual is directly related to the problems I'm willing to face. And so there's a benefit attached to my struggle. There's a benefit attached to my discomfort. There's a benefit attached to the moments of pain. And when we recognize as believers that there are benefits to our present problems and predicaments, there is an attitude shift towards what God would allow in our lives. Look at somebody in here and say, neighbor. Let it work, let it work, let it work, let it work. All right, I, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go on in now. Today in our text, we find the Apostle James inviting and instructing this very principle into the lives of every believer. James, the Apostle James, who drafted this long historical text message to the 12 tribes of Israel who were scattered abroad is thought by theologians to be the same half-brother of Jesus our Lord. The same James who 
grew up in the same household of the Messiah, yet did not believe who he really was until after the resurrection. James, who then became one of the very pillars of the early church in Jerusalem. This James scribed this epistle, this letter, this recording, which would be known as the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. Uh, this this same James is the one that, that wrote this inspired and God-breathed work that distributes practical application for our faith during our trying times. I feel like preaching here this morning. James first addresses the attitude in this particular writing that we ought to have as believers when we go through. In verse number one, you will find scribe there. He says, uh, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, the NIV version of this text would say something else that we might be able to reckon with. It says there that we ought to consider it pure joy. What does it mean to consider, big brother preacher? I'm so glad y'all asked in here. Uh, to consider means to think. And not just to think any old kind of way, but to think carefully about something typically before making a decision or drawing a conclusion. Can I pause parenthetically this morning to speak about some of the problems that we have in the body of Christ is that sometimes when we're in the middle of our trials, when we're in the middle of our problems, we like to jump to conclusions. All right, y'all not going to be honest and here our, our minds in the middle of a crisis have a way of making a multi-million dollar Picasso painting of the problems that we envision. For some folk in here, if you lose a $20 bill in the mall, in your head, all that could happen just did happen to you. You lose a $20 bill and in your head, the lights go off in your house. You lose a $20 bill and all of a sudden your car just got repossessed. You lose a $20 bill and all of a sudden your wife just walks out on you. And I know I'm just being dramatic, but in your head, you resort and resolve to a pessimistic mentality and attitude during the time of your trials and I'm here to tell you that if you don't stand guard over the things you consider and allow to take seat in your mind and in your heart you will slow stop or forfeit the very things places or postures that God has called you to stand in my Bible tells me that as a man thinks inside of his heart so is he my Bible tells me that the power of life and death resides in the tongue somebody here may say oh he he just preaching a whole bunch of positivity here i thought you was gonna talk about so you just, oh, what do you want me to preach negativity i'm preaching the very purpose of your faith believers don't carry faith to be weighed down and worried in tough times believers carry faith to win our faith is our defense from the very attacks of the enemy and so James is telling us to count it, to consider it, to think about all of it. Somebody say all of it. Not just the parts that you think you can handle. Not just the parts that seem to have an obvious exit or resolution. But every single brick barricade hindrance and hurt, every situation and circumstance, all of your attitude toward it should be counted for joy. How can you tell me that I ought to have joy in the middle of the hell that I'm experiencing? You, 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 you don't understand the, the, the absolute gravity of the situations that I'm going through. You don't see that I'm drowning in my dilemmas. You don't see that I'm swimming in a pool of sorrows. You don't see that I'm being wrecked by the waves of my worries. Preacher, how do I look at all that I'm going through and have joy? 
I'm so glad that y'all asked in here this morning. Y'all came for a good lesson. James says something right here in verse number three where every believer should be able to park and praise. And when I read it and I studied it, I couldn't even go any further until I gave him glory. He says in verse number three, knowing this, He said in verse number three, knowing this, point number two, we have to know what our trials and troubles really mean for us. We have to gain a grasp and a grip and a general understanding of why things are allowed to happen in our lives because the truth of the matter is things are going to happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. I heard a preacher say one time many years ago that there are only three seasons in the life of a believer. You're either out of a storm, in a storm right now, or getting ready to go into one. And this is why James said in verse number two, when you go through diverse times. He didn't say if, he didn't say perhaps, he didn't say by chance, he didn't say if you were willing. He said when you go through diverse temptations, the non-negotiable fact to being a living, breathing being is that we're going to go through in here. From the preacher to the pew to the security to the very cameras, every department head and every branch leader, the righteous and the reckless, we are all at one point or another in our lives gonna be subject to go through trials and tribulations. I'm not trying to preach in here early, but I feel like closing early, I don't know why. Uh, can I give you an example this morning? In the land of us lived a man named Job. Y'all know the story. This man was blameless and upright. This man feared God and he shunned evil. He was a great man and a wealthy man. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares that he was the most righteous man amongst all the people of the East. Uh, and one day, the story goes on to say that the enemy was traveling from and to the earth, seeking whom he might devour. He was seeking whom he could distract. He was seeking whom he could discourage. He was seeking whom he could create doubt in. And the Lord looked at him and said, uh, have you considered my servant Job? Wait a minute, preacher. You mean to tell me that God pointed at me when the enemy was looking at somebody to trouble? Yeah, I am. Why would God do that when I serve him so well? I show up to church every single week. I pay my tithes and my offering. I try to help those that are downtrodden and discouraged. I pray for those that are being used and abused. Why is it that God would look at me and say that I'm the perfect candidate for the one to go through trial? Baby, you were worth pointing out. <laughs> Look at somebody in here and say, neighbor, you were worth pointing out. He knew that what the enemy tried to throw at you wasn't any match for who he designed and destined you to be. He understood that on October 16th, 2022, nothing that the enemy could throw your way would be able to stop you, but it would press you into your purpose. Look at somebody in here and say, neighbor. God's 
just trying to press me into my purpose. Uh, James said, knowing this, uh, that the trying of my faith, uh, it's working my patience. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, uh, it's working my patience. Uh, you have to know that what God allows in your life, uh, it's intentional. Uh, I like how my bishop said it, uh, that oops is not in God's vocabulary. Uh, God is a deliberate God. Uh, and everything that he does concerning your life uh, and your future uh, is deliberate. Uh, you have to understand that there is power in your persuasion, Pastor West. You have to find yourself in the same posture as Job. That after all that was taken from him, uh, his wife, his camels, and his wealth, uh, his wife told him that he should just curse God and die. He said, woman, you sound foolish. Uh, can we only accept what is good from God uh, and not what is evil? Uh, Y'all not talking back to me in here. Lord had mercy. Uh, and so the Bible declares uh, that the trying of your faith uh, is working on something in you called patience. Uh, the word patience can be substituted for constancy. The word patience can be substituted for the word endurance. The word uh, patience can be substituted for the word perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to persist in doing something despite the difficulties that arise in your life. Can I say it one more time? I said perseverance is the ability to be persistent in doing something despite the difficulties that arise in your life. I got a closing here. I don't know why I feel like closing early, but I feel like somebody in here is getting the point. The trying of our faith works out our ability to be persistent huh, despite our present day difficulties huh. and James tells us huh, that we ought to let patience huh, have her perfect work huh, that you may be perfect huh, and entire huh, wanting nothing huh. I dare you look at somebody in here huh, as I get ready to take my seat early huh, and say neighbor huh, she ought to let it work for you huh. I've had to learn that the things God allows in my life huh, are there to help me and not to harm me. Huh. I've had to learn that the betrayal of my friends huh, worked out my ability to love people like Jesus. Huh. I've had to learn that the depletion of my health huh, developed a dependency on the master. Huh. I've had to learn that the recession of my resources huh, raced me back to the source. Huh. I've had to learn that the very problems huh, were only there to push me to my promise. Huh. I've had to learn that my trials huh, were only taking me to my tomorrow. Huh. I had to learn that every situation that I face huh, was meant to seek me in God's presence. Huh. And just like Job, huh, I had to learn to say, huh, though he slay me, huh, yet will I trust him. Huh. Is there anybody in here huh, that's going through this morning huh, that desires huh, to have the posture like Job huh, and say, though he slay me, huh, yet will I trust him. Huh. And though I may not see her huh, during the time of my test, huh, I will never stop believing her. Huh. Look at somebody in here huh, and say, neighbor, huh, I will never stop believing her. Huh. He's going to give me his best. Huh. Look at somebody in here huh, and say, neighbor, huh, let it work. Huh. I'm letting it work.
my brethren think it not strange the fiery trials which are to try you you got to understand at the end of it you got to understand that at the end of it that if we suffer with Christ we shall also reign is there anybody in here that understands there's benefits toward your trials towards your pains towards your problems towards your dilemmas the Bible declares in Romans 8 and 28 and we know who's the we that he's talking about he's talking about the believer he's talking about those that have testimony he's talking about those that have walked alongside God he's walking talking about those that have seen him move he's talking about those that have his spirit and we know that all things they work together for the good of the Lord and for those that are called to his purpose for the good of them that do love the Lord and are called according to his purpose look at your neighbor and say neighbor let it work I don't know what you came in here with this morning I know you may feel discouraged but God is just trying to get something out of you I know you may not understand why it is everything that is going on in your life it's happening to you at a particular place at a particular moment it seems that every single time you turn around it seems to be something else when one moment your car breaks down then you're losing finances when you lose finances then you lose your friends and you're looking up to God and you're saying why why would you allow this to happen to me why would you allow this to befall me I want you to understand this morning I was sent on an assignment to tell you to let it work you don't understand what he's trying to get you to you don't understand what he has up his sleep you don't understand the promise that God has for your life you gotta let it work it might hurt you for a moment but it won't kill you it might feel heavy but you're able to bear it if you have God on your side is there anybody in here that understands that God is still on your side let it work resist the trial don't you resist the training God is building you God is establishing you God is trying to mold you God is trying to shape you he's putting you back on the potter's wheel he may have to squeeze you he may have to spin you around real fast but he's making you I dare you look at about two people in here and say neighbor he's making me he's making me said that I would ever be he's making me he's trying to show me that there's more down inside of me than I think that I can bear that there's greater purpose inside of me than I think I have look at somebody and say let it work let it work let it work it's not the enemy's fault God has allowed it in your life nothing can come upon you
Jesus, when he was in that garden, he was in the turmoil of his life. He was in the anguish of his life. And when he got down to pray, and he said, Father, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I remember him saying right after that, because he understood his assignment, because he understood he was here with purpose. He said, nevertheless, you got to have a nevertheless spirit. Nevertheless, they walk out on me. Nevertheless, they believe in me. Nevertheless, I don't have it right now. Nevertheless, your will be done. Your will be done. I can imagine my Lord and Savior as he was climbing up the hill with the cross on his side. How much anguish he was in. How much pain he was in. But I could hear the crowd behind him cheering. Cheering. And while he was climbing, while he was sweating, while he was weak in his body, he thought about all of those that were following behind him. You don't understand that the trials that you're suffering are for the people following behind you. You don't understand that you're the gateway to somebody else's deliverance. You don't understand that you're the bridge to somebody else's breakthrough. I dare you look at somebody in here and say, neighbor, let it work, let it work, let it work. Let it work, let it work, let it work. You don't have to understand everything. The Bible declares trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, all of your ways, all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. I understand the Bible says that the steps of the righteous, they're ordered by God. The shadow of death there. I understand that I don't have to fear. I understand that I don't have to worry. I understand that I don't have to tremble because I understand who's with me. I understand he said he'll never leave me. I understand that he said he'll never forsake me. No matter what comes my way, no matter what comes my way, he said that he would be there in the sunshine, in the rain, in the heartache and the pain. Look at somebody in here and encourage them. Say, neighbor, he's still with you. He's still with you. He's still on your side. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten you. I know you feel isolated. I know you feel like nobody understands the pain that you feel down inside when you have to go into your room and cry at night and nobody understands what's going on. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus understands and he wants you to understand my son and my daughter you just gotta let it work you just gotta let it work I feel like preaching for a moment come here Peter and the disciples you're on a boat out in the middle of the sea and I know that you feel the winds blowing and the waves are rocking you but you're not by yourself if you can just look out yonder you'll see the master walking on your problems walking on your pains walking on your situations if you're able to keep your mind stayed 
Jesus. I promise you, he'll never let you go under. He'll never let you fall. He'll never let you flounder. He'll always uphold you with his right hand and his free spirit. God. God is faithful. God is faithful. He never lets go of his children. He always keeps his promises. You can have this confidence. And we have this confidence. Lord have mercy. I'm persuaded this morning. I'm persuaded this morning that everything that I commit to God, he'll keep it until the day of its completion. Look at your neighbor here and say, neighbor, let it work. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work. Give God glory. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Whatever betimes you, God will. Anybody in here know God's faithful? Anybody in here know that God is true to every single promise? Give him glory. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work, let it work. Or shut up and say, let it work. Let it work. Everybody in here said it. Yeah, 
standing. Everybody standing. Uh, now, but it used to be a popular toy store, and and I remember being able to walk down some of those aisles, and they would have toys that were set up on the shelf, and some of them would have little holes open where 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 the display would would be that if you were to push the button, you would see that that toy works, and 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 on the box you would see the qualifications. This toy can transform. This toy makes police siren sounds. This toy will will move in different kind of machinations like that. And if you put your finger through that hole and dare to press the button, you will understand that everything that's labeled on the outside of that box does exactly what it says when you push the button. And I'm here to let somebody know it here that as long as you're willing and as long as you have the faith, if you press on the very buttons of God, if you press on the very buttons of God with your faith, you will see that his power works. You will understand that his promises are true. You will understand that God is able to do everything that he said he would do. Though he slay me, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You go on and continue reading the story of Job, you'll find out that Job didn't succumb to the opinions of his friends. He didn't succumb to the very advice of his wife who told him to curse God and die. He ain't on your side no more. Look at us. They done took the Bentley. They done took the house. They done took your Rolex. They done took everything from us. Job had to make a stance. He had to choose his posture or his position. Whether or not he would allow the things that were befalling him in his life to shift him from the God that he knew, the God that he knew would be able to restore him. And though he went through his various trials and temptations, the Bible declares at the very end of the story that after Job held on, look at somebody just say, hold on. That after Job held on, that God restored, after, the, after God allowed the enemy to touch, I just want to see whether or not you, you really trust that. I just want to see whether or not you'll really follow me. I just want to see whether or not you really put your weight on what I've said about you. After the trying of Job's life, the Bible declares that he got double, double what he had before. I'm here to let you know this morning, this seemed to have been the assignment that God has put me on, that there are things that may be going on up and down your road that you may never know about. But I encourage you, my brother, I encourage you, my sister, let God do it for you. 
Just let it work. Don't interrupt it. Don't interrupt it. Don't interrupt it. Just trust God through it. Just trust that God would never put more on you that you're able to bear. So today I have the charge to let you know that there are things that God wants to work even inside of your very life and even in your very soul salvation. That the very price that Jesus prayed, he did it with you in mind. The very price that Jesus paid, he did it with every single one of you in mind. He let it work. He let it work so that you could be set free from every sin, every single bondage, every single torment that you're feeling in your life. And today I have the honor and I have the privilege to invite you to get to know this Jesus to get you to know the master, to get you to know the master architect of your life, the one who knows you even from the beginning. He's so in love with you. He's made promises that he is awaiting you to claim. Don't stop in the middle of your trials. Don't think that there is no hope. Jesus is our very hope. He is our very saving grace. And so today, with every single head bowed, every eye closed in this house, Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you spoke so powerfully. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you gave us a reminder, Lord God, an instruction, Lord God, a charge to allow everything that you have allowed to work to run its course in our lives. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that there is nothing that has come upon us, Lord God, that we're not able to bear. Because, Lord God, you give us the grace, you give us your strength. And now, Lord God, for the unbeliever that doesn't know you, Lord. For the unbeliever, Lord God, who needs to know you. Father God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Is there one today that says, Brother Brett, I, I'm going through some things in my life and I don't want to go through this by myself. I need to be reminded that there is somebody that is with me, someone that sticks closer than a brother, somebody who loves me regardless of anything wrong that I've ever done in my life. Is there one in this house today? that says, I, I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Would you just raise that hand ever so gently? Nobody is looking. Nobody is looking at you. We are just here ready to meet you at the foot of the cross with Jesus. And so if there's one in this house today, God bless you, my sister. Is there another? Is there another who says, I need to know Jesus. I need to know him. I, I can't go another moment. I can't go another day. God bless you in the back. My brother in there, God bless you. God bless you. Is there another? Come on. The Father is waiting for you. The Father is waiting for you. He's been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for this moment, even from the very beginning of your life. He's been waiting to have a relationship with you, a connection with you. Is there another in here that says, I need Jesus in my life? So, Father, we thank you. And for those that are watching by live stream, we're going to get ready to pray with you that are watching by live stream. Everyone lift your hands in here and say, Father, thank you for loving me in spite of me. I don't know why you allow the things that you allow, but I decide today that I'm going to trust you, that I'm going to give my life over to you. Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me of all of my sins. Make me brand new. Give me a real relationship with you.
And so, Father, I thank you for every single one of those that have made this the confession of their faith today. Lord God, I thank you that the enemy has lost, that Satan has no power or authority over their lives, Lord. But I thank you, Father God, that you have snatched them out of the very pits that they may be found in. Lord God, and I thank you today that you are transforming them, that you are molding them, that you are shaping them, that you are shifting them. Lord God, that you are excelling them, Lord God, back to their purpose in you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Father God, that you would save completely. Baptize them in your name, Lord, and let them receive the very gift of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to this, all the people of God would say amen and amen. Come on, somebody here. Would you celebrate Jesus in here? Would you celebrate Jesus and what he is doing in the lives of all of those, even those that are watching my live stream this morning? If you're watching my live stream this morning and you decide to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you just type those words that you see on your screen? It says there, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer, and just as the ministers are doing in-house, we want to be able to connect with every single one of you and let you know that you are not by yourself and that God is doing a great and mighty work in every single one of us. Come on, somebody here. Would you give God one more shout of praise and let your neighbor know, let it work. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work.